This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Thank you for everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle so far. We're getting closer to the one-year anniversary. I've had a lot of fun sitting down with industry leaders and certainly hope it has been beneficial. In addition, thank you for all the support you've provided on the book that was recently published, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. It's a playbook to being elite in the sports business industry. Whether you're looking to get in this business or you already are, you're looking to continue to grow your career, I believe this book can be beneficial for you. Paperback, ebook, and audiobook are now available. Check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Thank you in advance and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Event Dynamic specializes in maximizing revenue and increasing attendance. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to not only those individuals that want to get in this business, but for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name, Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career path, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. In this business, it's always beneficial to find a mentor early in your career that you can really help show you the ropes. Our next guest found one of his biggest mentors as an intern and ended up working with him for 15 plus years and ultimately became one of the youngest executive leaders in the NBA. I'm very excited to have the Chief Business Officer of Detroit Pistons Sports and Entertainment, Mike Zavodsky. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Mike, you certainly had a very distinguished career, and I'm looking forward to diving into all of your learnings and successes. But let's start off how I introduced you. Why do you feel like it is so important to have a mentor or mentors in this world? Yeah, I mean, particularly for me coming into the business right out of college or as a junior in college when I interned, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So someone to help guide you, help teach you the business, learn the ropes. Um, and thankfully for me, I had that mentor continue with me to continue to teach me the business throughout, um, you know, the, the earlier parts of my career. You know, one of your mentors, Brett Yermark, was the chief executive officer of the Brooklyn Nets, now the co-CEO of Rock Nation. And he was the one who hired you as an intern. You continued to work for and with him for much of your career. What do you feel like Brett did for you throughout your career journey that really helped get you to where you're at today? I mean, I'm not in this role without him and the opportunity that he provided me. Obviously, the the guidance and and, and leadership and mentorship that he provided, you know, at the early parts of my career – and then giving me opportunity throughout to, you know, advance and enhance my career. Um, I'll be forever indebted to him and, and, you know, what he did for me. You know, and, and Mike, throughout your career, you've certainly become a mentor to many very successful individuals as well in this industry. And so why has it always been so important for you to give back and really provide guidance for some of the next best superstars? It, it's, you know, passing it on, right? I mean, again, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in today without that guidance and mentorship so 
you know, the ability to work with some up and coming talent in the industry and, and help guide them and ultimately let them develop into, you know, who they are and push the industry forward well past <laughs> when I'm in it. Uh, you know, that's fun and exciting. You know, advice for the listeners is there, whether they're in this business and they're looking for a mentor or mentors or, or somebody that is, is going to get into this business, what's your advice in finding the right mentor and or, and or mentors? You know, I, I think what I've learned is it, it's all about the people that you surround yourself with. And, and I think making sure you're in the right environment, culturally it makes sense for you um, and, and that you can thrive in that setting. And ultimately there's a pathway for you. Uh, to advance, you know, going somewhere where they'll, you'll be provided the opportunity if you perform, I think, um, is the best path forward. No, absolutely. Mike, you, you, you mentioned culture there, and you've always been a very big culture guy, and, and certainly the people that you have, have mentored with, and, and certainly what you guys have built in Brooklyn and what you're building in Detroit, which we'll dive into. You know, in your mind, what, what makes that great culture? I think the ability to have open dialogue and open conversation, you know, diversity of thought, you know, the ability to, to bring in people from all different walks and aspects of life to really fuel conversation and, and ultimately what you end up doing with the business, I think, is critical. No, absolutely. And Mike, so now under your role now, you've been for just a short amount of time, you know, through this pandemic, but you're already making a huge impact with the Detroit Pistons and the, the sports and entertainment brand. You're overseeing all sales, marketing, and creative operations for the Pistons. What does the day-to-day look like for you right now? You know, we're going through a process of, of reinventing and reimagining our brand, right? Making it a little more contemporary, um, leaning into the things that the NBA affords you, you know, the cross-section of lifestyle, culture, and sport. So, you know, a big part of the day-to-day has been that, but also reshaping and reshifting culture, you know, to, to talk about what we did before. Um, you know, that's, that's a major emphasis and focus on the day-to-day. No, absolutely. And, you know, over the last couple of years, you obviously the team has, has moved to start playing in LCA, opened up a new practice facility. You know, now you're coming in where, where some of that has been in the process, but you're still continuing to build that. How has that transition been, you know, not only for you, but for the entire team? I think, um, and, and I'm not going to be salesy here, but I think what we've, how we position our marketing and the campaign we've gone out with is extremely reflective of exactly that. So our, our marketing campaign is DL. There's obviously the basketball meeting, which is core to the connotation of, of what the Detroit Pistons have stood for historically, yeah. but also the continued rise of the city of Detroit. You know, this is this market in particular has been one that is rooted in innovation. If you think of the birth of the auto industry, music, et cetera. Um, and I think what we're trying to do is continue that narrative and storytelling with some of the great things that are happening in the city today. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually certainly a, a revitalized city and certainly building up to something really good. And, you know, with your role now, Mike, you're overseeing multiple different verticals of the business, which certainly means many different personalities, uh, which is to what your point of building that great culture. So how are you handling not only overseeing multiple areas of the business from a time management perspective, but also from a, a different motivation perspective with each individual? You know, I think given what we've gone through um, as a country and and just sort of the cadence of what the business has been over the last six or seven months, I've I've sort of taken a systematic approach. You know, it all starts with brand. So really the first area that I I leaned into and and made sure and put an emphasis on was marketing. How are we going to position the team? 
How are we going to market it? What is it going to stand for? Because you can't sell unless you have that foundation. Um, and I think once we lay that base, then we transitioned into focusing really on building our sponsorship business, um, you know, working with some blue chip national brands. And now as we shift back into fans coming into the buildings again, um, you know, a, a greater emphasis on ticketing, right? So, you know, marketing, sponsorship, ticketing, kind of in that order is sort of how we look to attack things here. You know, as, as you've had, a, you know, continue to build teams throughout your career, and certainly with the Pistons have, have inherited a lot of great people as well. And as you're going through that, that marketing and sponsorship and ticketing, you know, one of the things I think a lot of leaders we've talked about is, you know, not everybody's built like a salesperson or not everybody's built like a marketing person. How do you, like, why is it so important, and, and even kind of going back to the mentorship, why is it so important for you to get to know each of the team members individually to understand kind of what makes them tick in multiple different ways, both personally and professionally? So I'll, I'll lean back on, on my days with Brett. And, and one of the things he told me when he took the job with the Nets, um, you know, back in the early 2000s, he interviewed every single employee, everyone in the company. And, and that was really the basis and foundation for what the culture of, of the company, you know, uh, became and and I did the same thing here. I wanted to meet every single person, understand the dynamics, um, and as we went out and then looked to you know bring in some new people and recruit talent. How does how does that all fit together? How do the pieces work? How does that foster the the conversation and communication that you're looking to have, um, and ultimately you know generate and create success? No, absolutely, and that's a big part of that culture, getting to know from from top down, and I think. You know, that's just great advice for any listeners, you know, that are leaders or want to be leaders is always take the time, you know, for your people and, and it goes a long way. And, you know, and you Travis, Travis, one, one thing there, too, is like I'll I even interview our interns. I mean, and, and some people may look at that as micromanaging and, and I kind of take the opposite approach. Like every single person that's a part of this company, like I just I want to get to know and and, you know, see how everything fits together. And ultimately, you know, my team makes the decisions, obviously, but just from a, a, a human capital and personal a personnel standpoint, like, I just want to get to know everyone. You you talk about building the culture the right way. You're one of the top executives on a leadership team. You're a 19, 20-year-old college student getting an intern, and you, you're getting to meet with them. You know, there, there are times that we all know, you know, through teams that you might be a manager or director and you don't even get a, you know, talk to, to somebody in your role. So I think that goes a long way with culture and certainly what you've built in Brooklyn and now what you're building in Detroit. And, you know, Mike, you've had a, a very successful career in securing top relationship brands, certainly in the sponsorship vertical, as well as assisting, you know, large, big hospitality and corporate ticket deals. So what do you have, you know, what's that advice for sales team members listening in regards to preparation and ultimately landing big deals? Um, do the unexpected, you know, everybody, you know, fishes in the, in the same pond. Um, and I think the success that, you know, we've had collectively in the past has been focusing on those that maybe people weren't paying attention to and weren't focusing on, um, you know, when you look at the Jersey patch deal we had done originally in Brooklyn with Infor, they were the largest tech company that no one ever heard of. Right. And using, using us as that platform to communicate that, um, is a, probably a great example of, of what I was talking about. You know, and you, you going back to what you guys are building in Detroit with marketing and sponsorship and ticketing and, and getting out in front of people, 
you know, as you think about a lot with this business is, is doing that kind of uncomfortable, getting yourself in a different comfort zone, but also, and now in your role, not only are you reporting to, you know, a lot of the ownership. And so what is your advice for sales team members, like very similar at times, going to an ownership and executive meeting or meeting with the CEO of a large company? What advice do you have as far as preparation? Like what should they be doing to get ready for that big meeting that could ultimately, you know, make or break their career? I, I think it starts with how you engage them in the solicitation process, right? Um, you know, I'm a big fan of doing your homework on people before you go in and creating an authentic connection. People, particularly younger salespeople today, rely very heavily on email or what I'll call some impersonal communication, right? And if you're looking to engage at a C level, how do you truly break through? So whether that's, you know, using social media, as a research vehicle to, to learn about them and, and perhaps put something in front of them on their desk that creates conversation and a point of communication and connection versus just sending an email. Um, so a handwritten note and an item on someone's desk goes a long way in today's society. And I think, um, you know, that's certainly something that we have, I've done in my past and we're continuing to do here. I think that's a great advice, right? It's, it's going above and beyond. If you, if you have 50 salespeople that are targeting that client in a variety of businesses, what are you doing to differentiate yourself? You know, how many handwritten notes are people getting? How many you know, LinkedIn in, in specific messages and not just broad basis? As you look back in all of the big, deal, big deals you've sold in your entire career, does one stand out that you're like, this one I was like most excited about or it was most rewarding because whether they, they you know, turned you down a couple times or you ultimately just fired, found a way to get through there? I think there are two. Um, American Express was, was a company that, you know, we uh, had wanted to work with for a long time, you know, starting back in our days in New Jersey. And we were able to cultivate a relationship with them um, en route to Brooklyn. And it was a great partnership, truly a, a two-way street. Um, and they helped elevate our business. The other one is is JetBlue. Um, I'll, I'll never forget them, you know, taking a flyer on us and, and doing a small deal and, and me saying to them, hey, let us prove that this value proposition can work. And fast forward, you know, they were with us uh, through my entire time in Brooklyn, um, and that relationship grew significantly over time. Nice. No, that's awesome. And I'm certainly looking forward to, as all the other listeners are, some of the, the big sponsors you guys are going to help bring to Detroit. And, you know, Mike, you and I have discussed that when I was at Teambow, uh, when the, the Pistons were still in Auburn Hills and transitioning to LCA, you know, I took 16 trips to Detroit uh, while the team was relocating to Little Caesars Arena. Amy Brooks, I think, always joked that I should just buy a condo there. And, you know, one thing I learned, you know, and I, I grew up a couple hours from Detroit, was there's a very big community play and so what have you done and focused in that short amount of time to really immerse yourself in the community and marketplace? And, and ultimately, why do you think that's going to be beneficial for long-term success? I think that's one of the things I'm most proud of, of this organization. They truly are interwoven in the fabric of the community, leaning into key initiatives, rolling up sleeves and diving in, really being you know feet on the ground, not just you know, truly leveraging the platform that we have to cause change, not just saying it. Um, and, and that's a, a huge, um, a huge thing that when I was coming into this job, Arn Tellum, uh, our vice chair, you know, it's a, it's a big piece for him, you know, being authentic. and. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed in the community and I think we've done a really nice job and we'll continue to lean into it you know even everything we do is about that even our marketing campaign you know ties back to small business and, and we've been really highlighting and accentuating small businesses who obviously have gone through a, a challenging time given everything that's going on even our holiday gift was a collection of six items from six small uh, businesses in Detroit with a little card and information about them and, you know, helping fuel their business. So I I think it'll continue to be at the forefront for us. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle today. The guest is Mike Zavatsky, Chief Business Officer for Detroit Pistons. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts sports and entertainment and Mike you've spent the majority of your career in the NBA and as we previously mentioned you started as an intern in the sponsorship department at there at the Nets and worked your way up to the chief revenue officer for the team and why do you feel like you were so successful throughout your career and you continue to grow internally so quickly as well um again I'll say what I said before it's surrounding yourself with great people you know uh, as i was learning the sponsorship business. I obviously had a great mentor in, in that. But, you know, as I transitioned into learning the ticketing side of the business, uh, as an example, my mindset has always been bringing the best, right? So, you know, when we were when revamping our ticketing business and were able to bring Dan Lefton in, um, you know, I looked at that as an opportunity to learn, uh, to learn the ticketing business from one of the best in the business. And I don't know that I get the job I have today without that experience. And, and I credit a lot of that to just learning, um, you know, working alongside some of the people I have in the past. You know, you brought up people a couple of times in this podcast, right? It's all about the people you're working for and with and alongside. And, and again, you guys have had a great tree that you've built. And, you know, shortly into your career at the Nets, you decided to get into leadership. What was the biggest adjustment you had to make from one day sitting next to your peers and being that team member to the next day now you're their boss? Yeah, it's, it's a, it can be a challenging shift. Um, but I think approaching it sort of in a similar way and, and really leaning into it, I think that is the, the nuance, right? How do you truly connect with people? And, and everyone 
you know, on your team has a different personality and a different way that they like to engage. I think figuring that out, knowing that, and then utilizing that and leaning into that to help fuel things is, is the key. You can't manage everyone the same way. Um, you know, you got to manage individuals differently. And even back prior to that point, why did you know or how did you ultimately figure out, you know what, leadership is the route I want to take in this industry? I, I, when I look back at it now, and, and I, didn't, I don't know if I knew it specifically at the time, but if I look at some of the people that, you know, worked with us that were able to develop their career uh, in Brooklyn, whether it's Ashley Kaler, you know, who now is a, a leader in, in the Nike and Jordan brand space, uh, company, or Mike Manella, who's had some great success at the NFL and, and others, that is a very gratifying experience. You know, no different than I'm sure for Brett it was for me, right? So I, I think that's the, the exciting part, and, and hopefully there's, there's more of those uh, we can cultivate and develop here in Detroit. Absolutely. And so, you know, throughout your time in Brooklyn, you know, there, there's certainly individuals in this business been able to be a part of a move to a new building or a rebranding, but you're able to be a part of a few of those. You know, first, uh, when you were there, the, the New Jersey Nets are playing in East Rutherford. Then for two years, they go to play at the Prudential Center in New Jersey. And then in 2012, you become the Brooklyn Nets and move into Barclays Center, one of, you know, one of the nicest facilities, you know, in the country. Walk us through that journey of just kind of a, a lot of different random meetings and, and opportunities for yourself to, to learn different areas of that business. It was a long journey, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, from announcing it in, you know, 2005 to opening in 2000 or earlier in the 2005 to, you know, opening in 2012. I think the biggest takeaway for me was the, the power of what brand means, um, you know, in, in moving a, a franchise 13 miles from New Jersey to Brooklyn, but the ability to reshape what, how the brand was positioned, what it stands for and means and, and how that can truly impact the business and the community, you know, Barclay center, you know, was able to help, you know, elevate and transform, you know, the community of, of downtown Brooklyn um, and really be a catalyst for development you know, I, I, one of the stats I remember is the year-over-year growth of the businesses around the venue was 40% compounded year-over-year year for the first couple of years we opened. That's truly causing impact, and brand has a big piece uh, to do with that, obviously. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, Barclay Center is, is certainly, as we talked about, one of the nicest facilities, but going through the opening of that building was certainly entertaining at, at some points, I'm sure. And, and so what are your some of your favorite memories from that experience, from the construction to the, the meetings to the opening? Um, you know, I'll never forget opening night um, or the eight Jay-Z shows to open the building to the point of where I knew what song was going to happen <laughs> next month. Um, but, you know, it's something I'll never forget. You know, I'm thankful I had the opportunity to go through it. Not everybody has the chance to open a, a new building um, and, and experience that. So it, it, that and, and just the people I was able to do it with. Um, and I know some people you've had on your, your show before, Freddie and, and others, those relationships that uh, you develop and the memories you have are, are worth, you know, all the tough days. Yeah, plug on the, the 52 weeks of hustle. I'm sure there was a lot of late nights and, and hustling, you know, even on, I think you mentioned opening day of, of even putting some of the final touches, you know, the morning of before that. I'm sure there was uh, some late nights and, and some long conversations. Definitely. Um, you know, perception is reality. So <laughs> when you walked in the building, it looked great. 
no one knows what happened behind. Yeah, as you say, you knew behind the scenes what actually <laughs> went on, what and, and all the stress that came with it. And you, know, Mike, after 15 plus years with the Nets, you decided to take on a new challenge for a little while. As you go on to become the president of sports and event sales at Rock Nation, and you had a focus on helping artists and athletes really monetize their platforms through endorsement opportunities. What were some key learnings in that, in that experience that you still apply to your day? I mean, it goes back to brand again, right? If you look at some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment, you know, they're very brand conscious, who they align with, how they help elevate that business by utilizing their brand. Um, and I think if I hadn't had the experience of, of going through what we did transitioning from New Jersey to Brooklyn, and, you know, I think the biggest thing there is being able to say no. Not every deal or not every partnership makes sense particularly then when you're working with individuals as, as brands, right? So the ability to create the right alignment um, was, was certainly something that, um, you know, I guess my experience in the, in the past helped with uh, in that situation. You know, one of the constants on this podcast, you've talked about brand, and I think it, it a lot of people can sit there as they listen and say, all right, brand makes sense for an athlete or for an artist, or brand makes sense as you immerse yourself in the community or you're a new team or you're building a new venue. Why do you feel, and I guess advice for listeners, to build their own brand within this industry and, and personal brand? What does that mean to you? I think, you know, reputation and, and how you conduct yourself is, is everything, right? Um, you know, you buy products from a certain brand because of what they stand for, what they mean, um, you know, what it represents. And, and I look at myself or individuals in the same way. What, are you, what is your individual brand? What do you stand for? What do you represent? Um, and, and I think that's what people get to take away from engaging with you. And as you think about people's personal brand, and, and again, you've you've introduced yourself and been a mentor to a lot of great people in this industry, and and so as you you know had such a great career, and, and quickly going back to the beginning, you grew up in Englewood, New Jersey, and, and played sports your entire life. You know what happened early on in your life, whether it be with your parents or growing up, that really kind of led you down. Hey, the business and the sales path is something for me. You know, both my parents um, own their own businesses. So I, as a kid growing up, so I learned at an early age, you know, you you, uh, you eat what you kill, so to say, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you got to continue to grind and hustle and push if you want to get to, you know, where you're, you aspire to get to. So I think from an early age, that was sort of instilled within me. Um, and obviously then playing sports growing up, that, that competition sort of reinforced that throughout and I've just sort of looked to apply that to present day as you look back at growing up what was the first job you had um I was a uh, stock clerk in a plumbing supply warehouse in the middle of the summer and it's really <laughs> hot at the top of a warehouse <laughs> I can imagine so that kind of solidified you know what I need to head to college I need to, to have a, a career path that you know is a little less uh, where I can work in some AC every once in a while <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely a little more pleasurable. So so walk us through the you know kind of the transition from you know growing up and then then heading to school like you know how did you decide on the school how did you decide you know what to study? Yeah, um, you know I I leaned on some people for advice just to understand hey if this is the route that I wanted to to go down meaning you know I went to school for and I got a marketing degree 
what's the best thing to sort of supplement that? And I think probably the, the decision that's helped me the most, I had a minor in, in psychology and really understanding people, um, you know, and, and how things operate. That was probably the most useful piece and the part that I use the most today. You talked before about, you know, management and development, you know, truly using that background and understanding, you know, what makes people tick, I think is, yep. is critical. And, um, you know, that was probably the, the biggest piece. As for the, the school, uh, I went to Quinnipiac University in, in Connecticut. I, I loved my four years there. I've, I've remained very engaged with the school. Um, maybe some announcements around that coming out shortly. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I've, I've continued to work with them, and I think, you know, the type of student that they produce and, and the platform that they have is, is tremendous. No, that's awesome. And it's, again, it just goes to show who you are as a brand and a character, always giving back. And, you know, I guess that'll, that'll be a sneak peek to, to what some announcements are coming. So we're excited to hear that. And you, Mike, we've talked a little bit about this and the culture that you've built and why it's so important for you people wise. And you've had the fortunate career to, again, recruit, hire, train and develop many great people and many great industry leaders. What are some of the key characteristics that you feel top people bring to the table each and every day that you've been around? Uh, I think it's pretty simple. Drive, passion, determination. Like, you know, skills for, for our industry or, or for what we do can be taught. But, like, if you don't have that innate desire to, to be great every day, um, that doesn't mean you won't fail along the way. I've, you know, plenty of times failed. <laughs> but, you know, that perseverance to just get up and keep going. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's what sets people apart. Absolutely. You know, Mike, you've spent the majority of your career in the NBA world, uh, but I know in talking in the past, you, you've obviously had a lot of opportunities to go other places. Like, what is your advice to people that, like, hey, look, like, you would probably go to any league as long as it's around the right people. Like, what, what's so important in making a decision on a next step in somebody, someone's career? I think make sure you, you're making decisions that have – a long-term plan in mind and you're not short-sighted with decisions you make you know if you aspire or desire to get to a certain point um what is the best path for you to get there that may be a little bit of a longer path but at the end result is is great obviously so i i would say you know don't shortchange yourself and and make decisions that are in the moment um have a long-term vision with with your decision making no, it's awesome. Great advice. And, and Mike, certainly a great career, a lot of great journeys. I've really enjoyed these conversations. As you look back at your entire career, what would you say has been your best memory thus far? Um, the relationships that, that I've developed with people. You know, when it goes beyond the business and you're invited to a, a, a kid's birthday party or christening or, or just, you know, you pick up the phone and talk to somebody that – you may be separated thousands of miles from, but you've got this connection and, and memory from things that you did. Um, it's like you're able to pick up and where you left off uh, immediately. So uh, I think that's the biggest piece for me. And I think it's amazing to always hear that, right? It's it's never about, oh, well, I remember us winning this game or I remember us doing this. It's, it, again, it comes down to the people. And I think any advice to anybody that's ever listened to any of the episodes, there's a lot of conversations on 52 Weeks also about surround yourself with the right people and everything else will kind of fall in place. And Mike, this has been great. Very cool to hear from someone that you certainly took that opportunity as an intern, worked your way up, and really made a career out of it. So to close it out, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Sure. Fire away. Alrighty. What is your favorite item you've purchased this year? 
Um, I am a big um, sneaker guy. Um, okay. So uh, there's a there's a, a I got a new pair of uh, Air Jordan ones, Detroit Pistons themed, of course. Uh, to nice. start, my, start my job here. So um, yeah, I'm a big sneaker guy. Am I allowed to ask how many sneakers are in your collection? Um, a lot. <laughs> that, that's, that was the answer I expected to hear. Um, so, Mike, you're going to sail around the world. What would you name your boat? Um, the Donnie. Uh, that's my, my dog. Um, I have a, a French bulldog. He's, uh, he's tremendous. Uh, my girlfriend and I are big dog people, so um, I have to give Chip her dog a plug. <laughs> um, Chip, Chip and Donnie are like brothers. So. They're friends. That's good. And you have your own late night talk show. Who would you invite as your first guest? Um, Michael Jordan. Okay. Uh, and I know that that for Pistons fans is is uh, you know blasphemy, but I, I say it from a place of you have to just respect you know the the hustle, determination, um, drive that that he had to fuel him. Um, and just, you know, what he had to overcome, obviously, to, to get to where he was. So I just find his story to be awesome and inspiring. Absolutely. And every time you hear him talk, just going through the ups and downs of, of his entire life and career, and you talk about being elite. That's who you want to strive to be. And Mike, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Um, know what you want to do. Um, have a have a very clear and concise, you know, uh, vision for where you want to end up, and it'll make every everything you do along the way have much more clarity. Um, it, as long as you have that long term vision in mind, I would say, you know, never make decisions early in your career financially motivated, although that may be challenging at times, you know, to, to work through. Again, it, if you have an end goal in mind. Um, push through and, 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 you know, follow the course to get there. And ultimately the, the, the final thing would be, you know, love what you do. Um, you know, there's a reason, you know, I get up at the time I get up and get after it the way I get after it because I, I genuinely enjoy it. And I think if you genuinely enjoy what you do, you have a great chance to be good at it. What time are you getting up? What time are you getting after it? <laughs> um I, I get up uh, about 4.30, 4.45 every day. Here, listeners, that, that's the advice. You want to be in your shoes one day, you've got to be willing to get after it. And you're absolutely right. You know, Mike, I think you, you take that and, and you lead your entire life of knowing what you want to do. You know, you haven't taken a risk to, you know, or taken an opportunity financially motivated. You followed that path that you've been taught and you've taught a lot of others. And, you know, you mentioned the characteristics earlier, passion, have a love what you do. Like this business is a grind. There's a lot of late nights and hours, but, uh, you know, certainly a lot of uh, fruition that comes to it. So, Mike, thank you so much. You've certainly had a great career. It's a pleasure talking to you, and I really appreciate your time and expertise. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Again, this is Travis Apple, and thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Please be sure to follow the podcast and watch on YouTube. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so follow us at 52 Weeks of Hustle. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.